Today we're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The one who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the one who loves God is known by God. So about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many so-called gods and lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came, and for whom we exist. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came, and through whom we exist. But not everyone has this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that they eat such food as if it were sacrificed to an idol. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us closer to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you who are well-informed eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged to eat food sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother, for whom Christ died, is destroyed by your knowledge. By sinning against your brothers in this way and wounding their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to stumble. This is God's word. This chapter takes up the next item on the list of things in the Corinthians letter to Paul. That item was whether or not it is acceptable for Christians to eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols. The world in which the New Testament was written was a world full of idolatry. Everywhere the gospel went, except for Israel, of course, there were already established patterns of idol worship. In Corinth, people would bring animals to the pagan temples to offer as sacrifices. Whatever the altar did not burn up, the priests would eat, but whatever they did not eat was sold in the marketplace. The idol meat sold in that marketplace was cheaper than non-idol meat, so many people would buy it just to save some money. The Corinthian believers were divided on the morality of eating that cheaper idol meat. Some believers said it was acceptable for Christians to eat it. Others could not eat that meat in good conscience. So the Corinthian church included this question in their letter to Paul. One side of the issue argued that idols represent false, non-existent gods. We see that in verse 4. And that there's only one real God, which is stated in verses 4 through 6. So what's the harm in enjoying some Apollo sirloin? Paul actually agreed with that argument. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians 10, 25 through 26. But Paul did not agree with the hard-hearted believer who made it. Yes, it's true that idols are not real so that meat offered to them has no special powers or curses attached to it. Likewise, someone who bought and ate that meat did so in the open market, not in the pagan temple. That person was, therefore, not engaging in a worship feast or entering spiritually into idolatry. All of that argumentation was true. So logic dictated that eating idol meat was totally acceptable for Christians based on these theological conclusions. But what about someone whose theology was not yet developed? If someone had been heavily involved in idolatry before becoming a Christian, eating idol meat could create a temptation that led that person back into idolatry. This chapter is one of several in the Bible that discussed the topic of Christian liberty. 
The first thing Paul wanted every Christian to know about Christian liberty is that Christian liberty should never be used in a way that causes another Christian to be tempted to sin. That's what verse 9 says when it says, Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Again, that's verse 9. While the topic of Christian liberty is too large to tackle in a devotional like this one, it is important to understand the heart of Paul's instructions in this passage. The heart of Paul's instructions in this passage is to consider how your actions affect the walk of another believer in Christ. The stronger you are as a believer, the more you should consider how your example affects other believers. And if you have a reason to believe that your actions could cause another believer to sin, you should avoid those actions, according to verses 12 and 13, for the good of that other believer. But how often do we actually think about our influence on other people? Are there things you do as a believer which may not be sins, but might be harmful to the spiritual life of another believer by causing that person to sin? Remember that if your children are believers, they're watching you more closely than anybody is. Be wise, therefore, in the choices you make in life. Consider how those choices might affect the faith of other believers who look to you as an example of spiritual leadership. And so maybe take a moment of inventory and think about the things in your life that you do and what possible effect it might have on the lives of other people. Then make those choices intentionally, but in a way that takes into account the spiritual lives of other people to help them grow in their own life and protect them from temptations to sin. If you came across this devotional anywhere but in your own email, consider signing up by email by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. After you sign up, you'll see this devotional in your inbox every morning, and that will cue you to watch the video or listen to the audio or read the devotional yourself, and that way develop a Bible reading habit. Also, I'm looking for some financial support to help me with this work. If you would consider making monthly donations to my work, go to dailypbj.com support. Also, it really helps if you share this content. It helps me grow the audience. And of course, I do this for the spiritual growth of other people. So if you share it with other people, more people can grow from receiving it. So consider sharing it if that's what you would like to do. God bless you. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.